dressed. <laughs> um, it's good to have you here with us this morning. If you're visiting, welcome. And if you're a regular, welcome. If you're new, we have a very special welcome. And we trust this morning that all will be blessed as we look into the Word of God. I, uh, I really enjoy that song, My Advocate. I was so glad it came. It's been on our playlist for weeks. It's come up, and we never get to it. And uh, I was so glad to hear it this morning. And as I'm going through this, I thought, oh, you know what? There was a time once when I had to hire an advocate. And um, he, he, he stopped me at one point in time. He said, did you realize that every time you send me a text or an email... It's $35 for me to read it and 65 if I respond. I said, no. He said, well, you'll know that when you get the first bill for the first month. And I said, okay. He said, so your best bet is just let me work in the background and don't ask me any questions. And I thought, okay, but I have questions. And he said, okay, but be aware. 35 to read it, 65 to answer. And I started thinking about that. I have an advocate that I could ask him all the questions I want and I don't get a bill at the end of the month because it's paid in full, amen? amen. That's a wonderful thing. All right. I would like to say turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter three, but, okay, turn in your Bibles to Genesis chapter three. <laughs> I'm not going to spend a lot of time in Genesis chapter three, but this message this morning comes out of what we did the last time when we looked at Genesis chapter 3. Let's, uh, let's take a, a minute. I, I'd like to pray. Um, I feel I, I really need the Lord's help with this. Um, and I pray that you will hear what the, what the Lord says to you, not what I say. Father, thank you this morning for this time we can come together for our worship of the Lord Jesus. We thank you that he is the one who has paid the debt in full and we are free. And Lord, he now forever lives to make intercession for us. He is our advocate with the Father. We have an accuser. We are accused of all kinds of things all the day long. Yet we have one who has paid the price and who works on our behalf. Thank you for him. I pray this morning as we look into your word on this difficult topic we're going to look at this morning that you will help us you will help us to understand what your word says on sin. And you will help us to um, look to the one who is the remedy. And may you make these truths of scripture clear to us. I ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. So this is our fifth in the series of studies in Genesis that we're doing. Um, I'm very challenged in this study of Genesis. I, uh, I did a study in Genesis probably about 20 to 25 years ago. And interestingly, I've not gone back and looked at any of the notes from back then. Um, and until the other day, I went back and I looked at something and I thought, okay, uh, I... I I just, things were different then, and, and here's where the world is now, and here's, here's, this is more needed even today than it was back then. 
So this morning, I want to look at, last time we looked at, at sin. We learned about the fall of man into sin and sin entering through Adam. And I want to look today at the problem of sin in this world. So just as a review, when we, when we, the last time we looked at three points really, the serpent, the sin, and the struggle, four points, then the Savior. So we saw the last time that there was a serpent who came along, a created being who had fallen from, from heaven. And his MO was now to question and discount the word of God and trip people up. And then we saw where he was successful in bringing temptation to the man and the woman in the garden. And they, 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 they in disobedience and unbelief, did what was forbidden by God and brought sin and death upon mankind. And then because of that, everything was changed. There was a struggle. It changed relationships between man and God. It changed the relationship with, within, with people, with, with man and his wife, and that subsequently was going to go on and changes the relationship and the strife that would take place between you and I, and, and the problems in this world can be tied back to that event, that single event in the garden. And then we also saw a great hope in that passage in 315, where a savior was promised, one who would come to crush the head of that serpent. Today I want to look at the rise of sin. It's just a review of what we did. The, the, the results of sin. We didn't really get into that, but I want to expand upon that. What has sin done in this world? And finally, a remedy for sin. If I were just to come and tell you the first two, then that would be so depressing and we could just walk out of here like hanging our heads low. But thanks be to God, there is a remedy for sin. There is a remedy for what we call the problem. A, a number of years ago, the Chronicle Herald sent out this article, cover page of the Chronicle Herald for seven days. They were going to do a seven-part series on sin. Chronicle Herald. Now, this is not a Christian publication that I know of. So, leading up to Easter, why they picked that, <laughs> they did. They ran seven days. There's, there's the actual, I, I've saved it. I've saved it for all these years. And that's the cover of the Chronicle Herald from that, that article. So, I also kind of Googled a little bit and thought if I can get an electronic edition of the Chronicle Herald, it would be much better than that photo that I took. And I couldn't. But all these other things came up. So, the first thing is, BBC comes up, the human brain, hardwired to sin. Well, I'm sorry, but everything about the human is hardwired to sin. It's, it's, we'll, we'll discover that as we read through. The other one is neuroscience news, and I'm going to have to go over here and read this because I don't have a copy of it here. But I, I, are humans hardwired for transgressions? I mean, that's quite a word to put in, a, in an article. But I guess if you wanted to be more, you know, neuroscience-y, you would put that word in rather than sin. But what I really liked was this last thing that I put in brackets here at the bottom. It says, uh, many of these sins, 
in quotes, probably evolved because they were extremely useful at some point in time. Like, seriously? That was the best laugh I had all day yesterday when I, when I read that. That through evolution, we've discovered sins, and they've been beneficial and helped us to come along. Uh, yeah, don't think so, Mr. Smart. So, is any of this true? Like, how can we know where sin came from? How can we know... Are we hardwired for it? There's a lot wrong with the Chronicle Herald article, if you read it. What's even more scary are some of the comments that were made. Uh, if we just get rid of rules, the world would be a much better place. Yeah, okay. See how you like that anarchy. So, it, you know, it's, 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 this, this is, there's so much misconception in this world about sin. And sin is a word that people just don't use anymore, unless you're in Cape Breton and you say, oh, Jimmy lost his job, eh? Yeah, sin. <laughs> so that's, you know, but that's what it's become. Nobody uses that word anymore. Not in the right context. So let's define sin. The definition of sin. The dictionary calls it an immoral act considered to be a transgression against divine law. Well, that's pretty easy to figure out. You disobey God... It's sin. Some commentators have put it this way. Sin is any lack of conformity to the character of God, whether in act or state. Okay, that's true. Sin is a hopelessly incurable disease of the soul, the leprosy or cancer of sin. When I read that, I thought, that is so true. That is so true. It is, it is death to the soul of man. Sin is characteristic of the old nature, the flesh, and finds expression daily. So, that's fine. Commentators say that. Let's go to see what the Bible says, because that usually brings a little more clarity. 1 John 3, 4. Everyone who practices sin also practices lawlessness, and sin is lawlessness. What it boils down to is sin is lawlessness. Now, if I said, oh my goodness, we are in a lawless state, you're thinking of burning buildings, burning cars, riots on the streets, people just in and out stealing stuff from people, murder, all of that stuff. No, lawlessness is going up against the holiness of God, falling short of the holiness of God. Sin is that. Sin is tied to lawlessness. You are just as guilty for having evil thoughts as you are for breaking a window and stealing, well, nobody steals televisions anymore because they don't use them, stealing a laptop. So, so you're, you're just as guilty in one case as the other. They're both lawless. They're both sin. Sin is, it's an act. It's an actual breaking of a law or commandment. It's also a state. You can live in a state of sin. It's the fallen state of man. You just, everything in your life is bent, and it's bent because sin so much sticks to your life. <clears throat> I read some verses this morning. I didn't even think about this as part of this, but in Hebrews it talks about sin that easily besets us, sin that sticks to us. We walk through a sinful world. It sticks to us. And then finally, you get so much stuck to you, you are what the writer of Hebrews says, you are beset, you're locked in. You can't move, you're bound by it. Your ship is going to sink. 
sin is also a nature. It's, it's, it's innate. It's, it's, it's within you. Man has fallen and in enmity against God. The rise of sin, the origin of sin. Well, we see that sin originated with Satan. We, we have those statements from Isaiah. It says, how you have fallen from, the, from heaven, O star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth. You have, been weakened, uh, you have weakened the nations. But you said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the assembly of the recesses of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will make myself like the Most High. That is the original sin. The first sinner was Satan. Satan, a created being, rebelled against God. And, and he said, you know what? I'm tired of God getting the worship and getting all the glory here. I will. I will do this. I will do this. I will do this. I will be like the Most High. And in his pompous pride... Satan sinned, and Christ even said, I witnessed Satan falling to earth. He was cast out of heaven. In James chapter 1, verses uh, 14 and 15, we see the steps to sin. But each one is tempted when he is carried away and enticed by his own lusts. Then lust has, uh, when, when lust has conceived, it gives birth to sin, and when sin is accomplished, it brings forth death. The, 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 the progress of sin starts off with a desire, and then an action on that desire, which becomes rebellion against God, which becomes unbelief, which eventually leads to death. We also read that, that sin entered this world through Adam's rebellion entered the human race through Adam's rebellion. Eve was deceived. We looked at this the last time. Eve was deceived and took the fruit. Adam, who knew better, watched her do it, and then he said, yeah, I'll have some of that. And because of that, Adam, as the federal head of mankind, of human beings, as the, as the head of all men, is held accountable for the sin. And then the account of the fall of man is given in Genesis chapter 3. And in verses 1 to 6, we, we see that man listened to slanders against God. Satan said, did God really say? Questioning the word of God, bringing about doubt of, of God's love. Why would God tell you not to eat of that tree? I mean, look how good it is. It, 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 he, he looked at what, what God had forbidden, he lusted for what God had prohibited, and he acted in absolute disobedience and unbelief to God's commands. And because of that, sin came into the human race and came upon this world. So, what are some of the manifestations of sin? That might be small. Maybe I'll turn this light down. So oh, that made it bigger. <laughs> so, so sin takes many different forms. There are many words in the scriptures, everything from bad to 
lawlessness. There are many words. I just, here's a couple of them. Transgression, which is just overstepping the law. Transgressions. This is what the law says. I'm going to do this. The psalmist writes, as, a, as an ask of the Lord in, in this prayer of David, who had just committed gross sin with, from adultery to deception to murder, and he says, blot out my transgressions. He says in um, Psalm 51.1, blot out my transgressions. His transgressions by that time were many. Iniquity. An act of inherent wrong, of inherently wrong or forbidden things. Just, just going against things that are, just, just, just acting in a wrong way or a forbidden way, breaking commandments, departure from what is right. Psalm 51 again. David says, hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquities. First blot out my transgressions and blot out my iniquities. It's also a matter of missing the mark. The fact that I am not anywhere near as holy as God makes me a sinner. Romans chapter 3 verse 23 settles it for every single one of us. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We miss the mark. That's sin. Trespass, an intrusion of my will or self-will into the sphere of God's authority. I am going to run my life. I am going to make the decisions. I'm going to do whatever pleases me. In uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1, it says, you were dead in your trespasses and sins. Trespass. I, I remember as a teenager that we jumped a fence and climbed into somebody's backyard and tried to get into their shed. Well... People aren't that as stupid as we thought they were. And somebody called up and they came by and shone a big bright light on us and said, guys, you open that door. You're already trespassing. You open that door, it's break and enter. It's even worse. But you're trespassing. We knew it was wrong. What we did was wrong. We've gone in to do things that, that we're not allowed to do. We've gone into places we shouldn't go. We, we, so if we try to get into the, and, and put ourselves in the place of God, it's trespassing into his territory. Lawlessness. Lawlessness, again, as I, I said before, it, it's, it's almost like anarchy, but all sin is lawlessness. In 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9, the law was not made for the righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious. It's tied to rebellion, and rebellion is part of sin. Debt. <laughs> A failure in duty, sins of omissions, things that we leave undone. It says in Romans chapter 4, verse 4, Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. Trying to work your way to heaven is a sin. Trying to work your own way, going to God on my own terms, not his, is a sinful act. And you just accumulate more debt when you do that. And finally, unbelief. An insult of who God is. Did God really say, you know what, you won't die. Okay, I'll believe you, not God. That's a sinful act. When I act in sin, I am saying, in a sense, 
I don't believe you, God. I, I just, I, I'm, just, I'm just going to just do my own thing. And what you said doesn't matter because I don't believe it anyway. That's what sin is. And, and I, I, the more I studied sin, the more I studied Genesis, the more I think unbelief is the essence of all sin. It's all tied into unbelief. Not believing the word of God. Not believing who God is. Not believing what God has said. The other thing, David Hansen's mother's favorite verse, sin cannot be hidden. It says in Numbers 32, verse 23, it says, but you will not do so. Behold, you have sinned against the Lord, and be sure your sin will find you out. I think your mother used to quote that to you all the time, yes. I had that quoted at me a few times. Be sure your sin will find you out. And you know what? So true. It's so true. It always comes out at some point in time. You might get away with it for a while, but it comes out. Proverbs chapter 28, verse 13 says, He who conceals his sins does not prosper, but whoever confesses and renounces them finds mercy. It's not only the sin that will be discovered, but the sinner will be revealed. God sees and uncovers the sins. He did that with Adam. We'll see that he did that with Cain. There's a man named Achan, and you can read the story of Achan in, in the book of Joshua, where, amazingly, that this guy sinned. Bad things start happen, happening in the camp, and they bring him out, and sure enough, the sin comes to the surface, and they know who it was. Ananias and Sapphira, you can read of them in Acts. So that's how sin has come about. What are the results of sin? What are the results of sin? There are many results of sin. In fact, that's what's wrong with the world. If you want to know why things are happening in the world the way they happen, it's because of sin. But here are the direct results from sin. Death. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. It always will pay out in death. That's why we have disease. That's why we have calamity. That's why we have strange weather that kills people. That's why people die in car accidents. That's why people, that, that's why all of these things happen. Death is tied directly to sin. I'm not saying that everybody who dies in a car wreck is because they're a sinner, but I'm saying that death as, 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 a, as a presence in this world is tied back to in the day that you eat of it, you will surely die. It was a promise of God. They ate of it and death has come upon man. Secondly, lost. People are lost to God and because of sin, they are lost from heaven. But you can be found. Luke chapter 15, verse 24 as the prodigal son came home and, and the father said, let's have a celebration to celebrate this, this son of mine who was lost. He says, for this is my son who was dead. He's alive again. He was lost and is found. He was so deep in his sin that he was lost. Condemnation. It's, it's, a, it's kind of a legal term. I mean, you go to a court and you're guilty of sin or guilty of a crime, you are condemned by the judge. 
In John chapter 3, verse 18, it says, He who believes in him will not be judged, but he who does not believe has been judged already or condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. In the King James, the word for uh, judged is condemned. Condemned already because of your sin. Guilt. Whoever keeps the whole law yet stumbles in one point, he has become guilty of all. Break one law, you've broken them all. Covet, you've murdered. Hard to get your head around that, but it's true. Lust, you've coveted. Not honoring your father and mother, you have other gods. It's, you're guilty of all if you break one. Punishment that comes from sin. It says in Matthew chapter 25, verse 46, these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. Eternal fire. In Jude chapter 7, it speaks of the vengeance of eternal fire upon those who do not believe. Hell, the abode of the devil, and those who follow him. Matthew 25, verse 41. And he will say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into eternal fire that has been prepared for the devil and his angels. It was not God's intent that man goes to hell. But if man follows his sin and chooses not to believe in God, that is the destiny. That is the final destiny. And in Revelation chapter 20, verse 14, we read of a lake of fire. Then death and hell or Hades were thrown into the lake of fire, and this is the second death. So there are two deaths to worry about. And it's the second death that sin has brought upon this world. So the other thing that, that comes from, from sin that we need to quickly talk about is there are really two issues here. Adam's sin has become my sin problem. We have to explain that because if, if I just say, well, Adam sinned, what's that got to do with me? Well, it's got everything to do with me. My sin comes from Adam. And there are two, two ways that it happens. One is called imputed sin. Now, I don't want to get into really technical stuff here, but it's imputed to you. So the first graph here shows you there's Adam and his load of sin, and he just passed it, it, it because of his sin. It went to each person, Seth, Enosh, my dad, me. It's just, it just given to every human being. Adam, our federal head, failed and sinned. Therefore, sin was passed on to all men because all have sinned. It says in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin, so death passed upon all men for all have sinned. We are all guilty because Adam was guilty. Adam was the doorway through which sin entered and to all of his posterity because of his, this one man and Paul's statement in, in Paul's statement is Adam. Adam was the first man and the father of all. So Adam sinned, the entire race sinned in him. That's called imputed sin. Imputation means putting something into somebody else's account, which may or may not be his. So it's in my account. My, my bank account has sin in it because of Adam, because I'm a human being, because I descended from Adam. There are verses at Romans chapter 5, verse 12, Hebrews chapter 7, verses 9 and 10, that the Bible teaches that since all were in Adam, 
we all unconsciously participated in Adam's sin. So, what does imputed sin do? It causes death. It says, death spread to all men because all sinned, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12. And our sin nature doesn't cause physical death, but spiritual death. We'll look at that in a minute. Imputed sin brings our physical death. Now, there's the issue with inherited sin. A little bit different. So inherited sin, help, <laughs> oh, he's pointing me to the Lord. Does that mean you can't fix it? Okay, no. Inherited sin, Adam sinned, it's passed through to Seth, Seth to his son, eventually to my dad, and eventually to me. I inherit the sin. First, it's directly from Adam to me because I am in Adam. This way, the sin nature, which is different than just the, just the sin in the bank account, the sin comes Adam. Because you're a sinner, your son's going to be a sinner. Because your son's a sinner, your grandson's going to be a sinner. And it keeps going and keeps going, and it's inherited sin. It's a sinful state in which all people were born, is what Charles Ryrie says. We have, we have a constant bent towards sin. Now, you think, oh, really? Well, I watched Little Poppy this morning at the breaking of bread. And there was a little, no, no, no. And I thought, ooh. And then it was like, that didn't work, so it's, <laughs> And then Daddy picked her up, and it was like, she's all happy. Now, she's not, I don't mean crying baby sin, but she knew if I say no enough, that's going to, so it's, it's, it, we have a bent. Do, do you have, Paul, do you have to teach Ivy to, to do bad things? No. 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 She inherited it from her mother. <laughs> <laughs> so inherited sin is also called our sin nature it affected our entire being and it shows that Adam's sin has corrupted the nature in which we have the, in, in which we live Psalm, Psalm 51.5 in sin my mother conceived me in other words our natural depravity, the natural depravity of my parents is transmitted on to their offspring. Psalm 58.3, the wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born, speaking lies. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 3, it says, by nature we're children of wrath, even as the rest. So the penalty for inherited sin is a little different. It's spiritual death. It's, it's separation from God spiritually. We do not have that connection. Man is born spiritually dead. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 3. It says that you are dead in your trespasses and sins. That is from birth. You are born dead in your trespasses and sins. And you will be eternally separated from God if your sin condition is not remedied. Revelation chapter 20 of the great white throne teaches you that. Revelation chapter 20, I would encourage you to read verses 11 to 15. So there's the bad news. 
It's grim. However, thankfully there's a remedy for sin. I, had, I, went, to, I went to the... Uh, to the doctor a few months ago and he said, well, uh, I've got some news and it's not good. What? <laughs> so do I, what do I do? He said, well, we, we, we have some procedures we can do to remedy what, what the issue is. Um, I, th- I thought, well, that, that's wonderful. I mean, that, that's bad news, but that's really good news. And he said, well, yeah, but, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be a little rough, but that's, that's the way it goes. But I'm so thankful there's a remedy. If there's not, then we just spiral down. Sin gets worse. We're hopeless. So it isn't hopeless. There is a remedy for sin. Christ died for us in the atonement that he made for us. It's the only remedy for sin. John... Chapter 1, verse 29. One of the greatest proclamations in all of the Bible. John the Baptist, he sees at a distance this figure walking towards him and he says to the crowd around him, and he had a big crowd, he said, Behold the Lamb of God. He didn't just stop there. Who takes away the sin of the world. Takes it away. The remedy for sin is coming towards you. That's good news. Jesus Christ is the remedy for sin. You see, you can't cleanse yourself from sin. Uh, Max Lucado, I think he said it in one of his books, it's like two kids in a mud puddle trying to clean each other up if you're trying to, trying to, trying to get rid of your own sin. In Job chapter 9, verses 30 and 31, he says, If I should wash myself with snow and cleanse my hands with lye or soap, yet you would plunge me into the pit. I could never get myself clean enough for God. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 22. Although you wash me with lye which is, and much soap, the stain of your iniquity is before me, declares the Lord. Even though he washes and scrubs himself, the stain of sin cannot be removed. The remedy of sin is through the Lord Jesus. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. 1 John chapter 1, verse 7, and the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from most sin. Is that what it says, Warren? The blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from most sin. Oh, all sin. Yes, I, I had the word wrong. All sin. All sin. You see, Jesus died 2,000 years ago covering sins from now. He's, he, he's, he's died to wash away all sin. Galatians chapter uh, 3 verse 22, the scripture declares that the whole world is a prisoner to sin. No one is without sin and we all need a savior. Romans chapter 3 verse 23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But when we trust Christ, imputed sin is removed and guess what is put in your account? His righteousness. Romans chapter 4, verse 24. He, speaking of Abraham, did not waver in the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully convinced that what he was promised, he was also able to perform. And therefore, it was accounted to him for righteousness. His belief was accounted to him for righteousness. It was put in his account. It was imputed to him. 
Now it was not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us it shall be imputed to those who believe in him who raised Jesus up, our Lord, from the dead. The one believing on the Lord Jesus Christ, you will have righteousness imputed to your account and sin removed. Romans chapter 4, verse 4 and 5. Now to the one who works, his wage is credited is not credited as a favor, but as debt, as what is due. But the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith is credited as righteousness. By believing on the Lord Jesus, you are saved. You're, you're, his righteousness is imputed to your account. So, as I conclude on this, Jesus Christ is the required Savior, and we can only be saved through him. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made, made the righteousness of God in him. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 15, For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with uh, the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. He is the only one who can die for you. The only one who can take your place. The only one who can remove your sin because he was sinless. He had no sin of his own. In 1 John chapter 3, verse 5, and in him was no sin. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 22, who did no sin. There is no sin in the Lord Jesus Christ. He could not sin. Not only did he not sin, he could not sin. It was impossible for him to sin. Praise God that one such as him would die for me. No other man could die for me. Only him. He's the only one who was pure, impeccable, without sin. Your debt has been paid. In these verses here, Romans chapter 5, verse 6, while we were still helpless at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will hardly die for a righteous man, though perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his love toward us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us while we were still sinners. Isaiah chapter 1, verse 18. I love this verse. Come now, let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are as scarlet, they will be as white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they will be like wool. Completely washed away. Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 and 14. For he rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And finally, in, in Colossians... Well, actually, not finally. I have another page. Uh, when you were dead in your transgressions and uncircumcision of your flesh, he made you alive together with him, having forgiven us all our transgressions. I love that word all. Wherever I read the word all in the scripture, it causes me to rejoice because I know there's not one that could be held against me. My advocate has right in front of him, uh, it's all paid. You want to see his sins? There they are. It's a blank page. They're gone. I've washed them all away. It says that he has canceled out the certificate of debt consisting of decrees against us which was hostile to us. He has taken it out of the way, nailing it to the cross. You know what? I just got a no uh, notice the other day that in two weeks, my car loan will be completely paid. I will owe nothing on the thing. Man, I, I, I was ready to dance around my office thinking, wow, that burden around my neck is gone. 
until it breaks down and I have to get another one. But, but you know, to be freed of your debt. I remember the day we, we paid off the mortgage on our house and I thought, oh, oh. The, 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 it was like a sword of Damocles hanging over my head on a spider's web. And I thought, okay, like something's going to happen. I'm going to miss the payment. They're going to take the house and I don't know, we'll have to go and live on the beach. <laughs> it might not be a bad thing. <laughs> but, but the debt is taken away. It's cleared. In John chapter 1, verse 29, the next day he saw Jesus coming. He said, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. All of it. I love that. Psalm 103. Bob, this is your, this is your favorite psalm. 103, verses 1 to 12. I, I've skipped a couple of verses for time. But it says, a psalm of David, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none of his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit, who crowns you with loving kindness and compassion. And then we get down to verse 10. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the, uh, the earth, so great is his loving kindness towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. They are so far removed, they will never meet up with me again. Praise God. He has taken our sins away. You could be excited about that if you want. But... Yeah, thank you, Poppy. <clears throat> Sorry I picked on you. <laughs> little, just a little chart here for you. The problem, inherited sin. Christ died for sinners. That takes care of the problem. That's the remedy. And what do we do? We must personally put our trust in Christ's sacrifice for our sin. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Imputed sin, the sin that was just passed into my bank account from Adam. What's the remedy? The righteousness of Christ imputed into my account. How do I get that? It takes place when I trust Christ. You start, starting to see a theme here? I trust Christ. His righteousness is put into my account. Personal sin. Personal sin, I still struggle with it. Read Romans chapter 7, and you'll read how you can struggle with sin. It's always going to be there. So if you're not a believer, and you have personal sin, and you do, how do you deal with this? The things that you do wrong? The death of Christ. Christ died to take away your sin. You trust in Christ. John chapter 3, verse 16 again. If you're a believer... And sometimes we do that. We disappoint the Lord. We, we sin. We sing that. Jesus loves me when I'm good, <laughs> when I do the things I should. Jesus loves me when I'm bad. Although it makes him very sad. Now that's a song. But the fact is, we do sometimes commit sin. Our brother Warren and I were talking the other night and saying, man, I, like, I just, just don't like sin. I hate it. It's, 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 as a believer, you don't like it. You find yourself trapped in it. It's, it sticks to you. You can be, that, that verse in Hebrews that says beset by, by sin is written to believers. You can, get, you can get locked into it. What's the answer? 
You trust Christ. You, or sorry, you confess your sin. John, uh, 1 John 1 verse 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Bottom line in all of this, sin is a big problem in this world. Sin is a big problem for every single person, every individual. But the bottom line and the good news for you is that the remedy for sin is available to you today. If you turn to the Lord Jesus Christ, he has already said it is finished, paid in full. I paid that debt in full and you can be free from your sin. Father, we thank you this morning for our Savior, the Lord Jesus. We thank you that even though we live in a world that is filled with sin, even though our hearts at times can be filled with sin, there is a remedy for sin and it is found in the Lord Jesus Christ. I pray that if there's anybody here this morning who has never come to him and doesn't know him, that they will trust him with all of their heart and be saved and saved today. We thank you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Amen.